Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Let's Talk Parish will be an opportunity to learn about some of the people that call the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento, California, home. My name is Chris, and I'll be the host for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Good evening, Mike. Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Good evening, Chris. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, it's been... uh, How was your day today? Good. Busy as usual, uh, but... Every day is a good day. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been really <laughs> hot the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah. You been doing okay with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I hope, uh, luckily, I get to work inside, so oh, yeah. I don't yeah. get to feel the heat as much. That's good. Only when I go to lunch, maybe, or step outside to my car. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, I've been really looking forward to sitting down with you. I know it's been postponed one, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But having um, recently gone through the Easter Vigil, um, I think this would be a fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating story to hear of your journey in the process. So, but as we are wont to do, uh, prior to actually diving into the nitty gritty of things, we open with a with a word of prayer, and um, you've agreed to do sure. that for us. So let's go sure. ahead and let's give it a shot. Give it a go. All right. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Amen. Oh, Father, you ask us that you bless us today and bless me with this conversation with Chris and that you allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and provide the details that are um, for us to discuss today um, and that you allow us to um, 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 have this conversation um, um, for people to understand and uh, how my journey ended up um, through this and. And, and that you bless us through this process. Um, and, through, and we say this prayer through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, have you lived in Sacramento all your life? No, I have not. I um, was born in Sacramento. Um, I was... Uh, um, lived Family lived in the Bay Area. Uh, my dad was in the Navy uh, for quite a few years. Uh, um Worked in San Francisco when he got out of the Navy. Um, uh, my parents are from Sacramento. Uh, when I did, um, but uh, when my uh, mom was pregnant uh, with me, she happened to be visiting my grandmother when she went into labor, and that's how I was born in Sacramento. But I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in Vallejo, uh, where we lived at. Uh, well, my dad worked in San Francisco for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I'm the youngest of five kids. Um, I have two older brothers and I have two older sisters. Now, was your was your family religious at all when you were growing up? You know, my I wouldn't say religious, but um, you know, they they follow the Catholic faith. My both my parents were were baptized. Um, uh, my older sister uh, is the only one that had actually went through all of her um, um, Catholic sacraments. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and was baptized, um, and, and the rest of us did not follow along during that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I think I, we were talking earlier with um, Father Michael mm-hmm. uh, that your father was actually baptized here at the cathedral? Yes, he was, uh, back uh, in the late 50s. In the late 50s. mid-late 50s he was. Wow, wow. Yes. Um, so growing up, uh, it was in Vallejo. <clears throat> in Vallejo. 
you weren't exposed to uh, Catholicism or Christianity or any type of church activity at all? Your family wasn't really involved in the church? Um, so they would, they would go to church, but it was sporadic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and I would go to church with them when I was a kid, but wasn't really... Um, had the good concept of the church then. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was small, um, when I was a young kid, they they um, they tried to put me in catechism, but okay. me, I was a stubborn <laughs> kid and didn't really follow along and wasn't really um, grasping the teachings during that time. Yeah, and so it kind of like <clears throat> fell out of um, of me trying to go to the catechism. Classes. Right, right, right. Um, what uh, what brought so growing up in Vallejo? What brought you to Sacramento? Um, opportunity. Um, so um, in the Bay Area, I didn't have a um, a lot going for me at the time. Um, I thought, uh, and I had family in Sacramento, and and at the time, um, um, I wasn't married at the time, but I had a my oldest daughter who was being born. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved up the Sacramento to try to um, establish myself and to have a better life than what I would have thought what I would have had of in the Bay Area. And was your daughter's, were you and your daughter's mom together? Um, were you estranged? What was the relationship? I mean, I'm sorry to ask a no, personal absolutely. question, but... No, we were together, um, not married, mm-hmm. but together. Um, and uh, we remained together for, for a lot of years after that. It was and it started in Vallejo, but it, but to San Francisco, so that you can provide more f- for yes. the family and everything. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Um, so, what um, what inspired you to uh, begin the process of becoming a Catholic Christian? Sure, and I'll start off by saying this: is that although. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't, you know, really involved in a lot of the, you know, um, religious or Catholic. You know, I always had the presence of God mm-hmm. um, with me. And I always had the presence of, you know, praying, always had the presence of of God, you know, throughout my life. Um, um, you know, but as I move forward um, in my life, you know, um, um, I did end up being... Me and my wife ended up did get married. Um, unfortunately, um, through the years, that didn't pan out, so we ended up getting a divorce mm-hmm. in 99 um, because I do have three kids. Um, and But, you know, it's, it's, it's... And like I said, through this whole time, I've always had the wherewithal of, of um, having faith and having God, and even though I wasn't, you know, really baptized or wasn't really... Um, involved in the church um fast forward um you know i you know over the past probably five probably 15 probably maybe five to eight years you know i really started something came upon me to really started thinking about um about um um, getting baptized something pulling me closer to uh be involved within the church uh closer to god um, you know, just things that, you know, that were happening in my life made me think more and more about that. Can you, can you, you know? remember anything in particular? 
you know, I just think, you know, after I got a divorce, you know, my life kind of went chaotic mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I don't, and I don't, and, and to me, I, I, I don't, it, it probably wasn't um, the person I wanted to be. Mm. And I think it was more of, of, uh, of uh, regretting maybe mm. some things that were happening and maybe I needed to try to be a better person or, and, 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 and being, you know, um, 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 have something um, that was missing from me pull me back in, right? Um, I, I think, um, so fast forward a little bit, um, um, and I never pulled the trigger on it, um, and I don't know the reason why, and I really wanted to. Um, and I think for me, and I don't know why, and I don't know why a lot of people think of this, but I was kind of ashamed, not because... Growing up in a Hispanic family, and, and most of my family's um, um, Catholics mm-hmm. and being baptized, you know, I, you know, people would always ask me from, you know, are you baptized? And I kind of wouldn't answer because to me, I was a little bit shamed, mm-hmm. honestly, of not yeah. being baptized. And for some reason, that hit me like that. And I don't hmm. know if everybody felt like that, but it did for me. Sure. And it was kind of almost embarrassing, I thought, later on in my life to to pull the trigger and go through this process, you know, because it was weighing heavy on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and so fast forward to, um, you know, uh, COVID uh, pandemic, um, you know, I, I end up um, getting COVID in, uh, in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I ended up getting it pretty bad. Uh, ended up in the hospital for a week. Um, even the doctors had said that if I probably waited another two days, they probably, COVID probably would have taken over so much of my lungs that probably, they probably wouldn't have been able to save me. Oh, my. Um, you know, and thank God for my daughter because, you know, she worked for Sutter Mercy, Mercy and Medical. She was keeping an eye on me, and she was actually the one that called the ambulance because she saw me that I was gasping for air. And, you know, it's... For men, you know, we all say that men will be the last person to admit. And we put it off right, way too late. We'll put yeah. it off. And, and I would have probably been like that if no one would have been there for me. Yeah. But, you know, God put her in the right place is what I feel for me. Sure, I believe it. Right. And, you know, and, and so I had a little reflection after that about my life and about, you know, do I really want to something happened to me without being baptized or I really want something to happen to me without being um, close to God, yeah. right? Because it starts making you <clears throat> really think about, you know, um, um, if I want to be in heaven, I got to do things better. Well, yeah, you were right? face to face with your mortality. Right. A lot of us don't think about it until mm-hmm. we're there, yeah. right? Um, and it is, it's a, it's a wake-up call. Yeah. It's a wake-up call. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, and it definitely was a wake up call with me in it. And for me, it was kind of like that put my, you know what? I, I, it took me a while to cover from COVID, um, probably about a good three to four months hmm. before I felt like my normal self again. But mm-hmm. you know, in 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 every day after that, when I was home, something pulled me stronger. Is you know, make that call and reach out, and that's what I did. So, you know, I kind of looked up, you know, the cathedral's website, 
um, saw the email about inquiring about um, being baptized and sent the email and Sister Lisa Marie contacted me the next day and and my journey started from there about yeah. filling out the form and that was an interesting time period too with COVID because mm-hmm. we were trying to do all of our RCIA sessions over Zoom, mm-hmm. and it's not the optimal way mm-hmm. to get to know people or mm-hmm. to convey the information of the faith. Um, but you know, God works in mm-hmm. mysterious ways, and you know, faith is generated by the Holy Spirit anyway. It's not something that we can do. I can't. You know, tell you anything that will give you faith. That's mm-hmm. something that God does. So even though we were constrained by the Zoom format, mm-hmm. God still was able to um, help foster faith in the hearts of the people that were mm-hmm. attending those RCIA sessions. Mm-hmm. It was real interesting. Now, I may be recollecting wrong. Was there was there something about your mom that that during that time period? No, maybe there's somebody else. During my COVID time period? No, during, I mean, that, that, that really helped to help you make the decision to move forward and, and so pull the trigger, so-called. No, maybe that was somebody else. No, not, not my mom. I, you know, I, she was uh, supportive. And, and, you know, when I, when I made the decision to do this, you know, it's something, you know, that, you know, I really never inquired anybody about hmm. or never talked to anybody about. It was... Now that I look back and think about it, it was like me alone having a conversation with God and just wow. fighting those feelings, right? And just yeah. going, you know, something telling me, you know, you know, now's the time. Inquiring, and... now is the time, inquiring, inquiring. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's something that honestly was, you know, something that a strong feeling that I really wanted to do. What was to it go through? What was it like in those early days <clears throat> when it was all Zoom, you know, and. You really couldn't see people, yeah. and um, yeah. you have this new information we're trying to share with you. What was that like? Um, well, yeah, it, it's um, it's a little tougher because it's easily you can easily get more distracted mm-hmm. just because in a house environment, if you have other people around, um, it's it's easier to get distracted and maybe you know um, concentrate. Um, I would say. Um, because for me, I'm more of a of a, of a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. I have to be in a class setting, you know, um, hands on. Um, um, so I think I think it was a little bit, you know, tougher to focus. I would say more than anything when you're when you're on the Zoom and and uh, having that commitment at first coming into it. Mm-hmm. And and normally, the RCIA process is a year, mm-hmm. right? But because of COVID, we weren't able to actually celebrate the Easter Vigil as we normally would. Mm-hmm. And so you had to wait two years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, almost two years, yeah. Um, was it hard to wait those two years, or did it go by fast? No, actually it wasn't. And, you know, for me, it's um, it was just a commitment I had. So <clears throat> it, it's something that, that really drove me to to want to be baptized and to and to go through the process, um, and so for me it went by quick, and for me it was um, um, it was really easy. You know, mm. I uh, you know I 
you know, I didn't even think about second thought about missing classes or not going to the church on Sunday. I, you know, I may have missed one or two here for whatever certain reasons, but you know, when I did, I felt bad. So, <laughs> to be honest with you, so used to being a good Catholic. That's yeah, what that's so, called. but no, I mean, it it went by quick and it went by easier. And as the process went along, more, you know, it, it obviously for anything like anything else, it becomes a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and understanding and 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 what you're learning. For the longest time, we um, were celebrating Mass via the live stream. We weren't actually gathering in person. And normally with RCIA, after the first half, the Liturgy of the Word, then the catechumens and candidates are dismissed, right, for the breaking over of the Word. But because we weren't meeting physically together, there was no tech actual dismissal um how did that how did that work did you at that point in the mass when the homilies finished did you stop watching the live stream and then gather together on zoom to talk about the readings or how did what was happening yeah i think when we were on zoom um yeah i would watch the live streams maybe not every sunday because i don't i think at that time when we were going through zoom it wasn't really something I think it was offered to us, mm-hmm. but not something maybe enforced like when we were actually starting sure. to meet in person. Sure. So I think it was more relaxed. And so I didn't, and what you just said about that I just turn it off. I, when I watched it, no, I watched the whole, the whole thing. mass. Um, I never turned it off. Um, but I, I most certainly um, was not um, watching it, you know, faithfully every Sunday mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different. So after, mm-hmm. so then after we started be- gathering together in person, right, and there was a dismissal. What was, what was the, what was, actually attending a mass at this phase in your journey of faith? How, was it different than when you went to mass when you were like a kid or a young adult or whatever? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean I, I appreciated it a lot more, you know, and I. You know, and, and it was a thing that every time I would go to Mass and, and um, you know, when, I, when we did start it coming in and being there, it was a thing, it was a thing, the first thing I would always say was, you know, when I sat in the pew and I prayed was that thanking God for allowing me to be here mm. and making it here because to me that was important because mm-hmm. I wanted, like I said, I was wanted to go through this journey and I was excited to be going through that journey and it, and it felt great. Cool. We have a little doggy here at the door that's trying to get in. That's pretty funny. Buzz is trying to see what's going on. That's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, so one of the aspects of RCI, which is the right of Christian initiation of adults, is that dismissal after the homily and then discussing the readings. Um, did it? Did it feel like... I mean, did it feel like you were getting kicked out of the mass or did it, did it, was, did it, how did it feel to you to have to go through that dismissal and not be able to finish the mass with the rest of the congregation? Yeah, I, I understood why, um, because going through the process, you, you understand why the Catholic church does do think does things for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it came to be an appreciation because, um, you know, the, the 
you know, going to the RCA, it really teaches you the appreciation, the understanding um, of the Bible and understanding of the teachings. Because when you first told me um, the statement that um, uh, ignorance of the Bible is ignorance of Christ, honestly, that really hit to the core to me. Oh, good. Because God. It, it really did when you made that statement, because I kind of thought, well, that makes sense, right? And it's kind of like I can't. You know, it's kind of like when you, um, 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 the Bible saying, you know, you got to clean out the old, your own speck in your eye before you can help someone else. Amen. And so, you know, and so for me, that really resonated with me. And, and so and that pretty much started me off that I had to be more involved in the teachings than ever. And that's from St. Jerome. Yeah. That's something I didn't, I didn't make yeah. that up. <laughs> I'm not that wise. Yeah. Um, and I, I take that to heart. Too, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, because it's so easy. You know, I, it's it's easy. It's easy when you've been in it for a long time, mm -hmm. to start feeling like oh, I've read that before. I know. I know. I know that. Yeah. I know what that's all about. Until you really start digging into it, and go. Oh, there's more to it. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, there's there's more to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't remember reading that before. Right. You know, and um, so it's important, I think, for me to re remember ignorance of scriptures, ignorance of Christ, because it's so easy to, once you're familiar with something, to kind of not pay as much attention to it. Right. Um, so that drives me back into, like, preparing for the readings every Sunday, read them ahead of time, right. uh, be familiar with them so that I can hear God speaking more clearly. So that was cool. So did you find that the breaking up of the word sessions where we you talked about the, the, the various readings, was that was that helpful? And be honest. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody has their own way of teaching. But again, it's, um, you know, you, you were absolutely right when you said, you know, you, you have to prepare yourself well before Mass and you have to educate yourself um, before. Um, so you... You know, you, you better understand the word and what that means, and, and you have the right questions if you don't understand. And that was, it, you know, honestly, at first I wasn't doing that, but then as time went on, that's something I started to do and mm -hmm. started implementing more and more of, um, you know, because it takes a lot of time to change a habit. It does. You have to keep doing it in order to change that habit. And it's, but it's part of growing in right. faith. It's part of, you know, we all start somewhere mm -hmm. and we all have somewhere to go yeah. you know and it, it, it if you're not used to something it does take extra effort to build that habit but then once the habit's built then it's a lot easier yeah but then we grow you know i saint paul or the writer of hebrews some people think it's saint paul but it, we don't know he talks about you know i wish i could give you meat but you're not ready for it i have to keep giving you milk and he's talking about the teachings right and so we all start somewhere. You can't just start at the top. Right. You got to climb that mountain starting at the foot. Mm -hmm. um, and we're all there, yeah, you know, right. and we're all just part way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some people are a little bit further along. They're at the next rest stop, yeah. but they're not anywhere <laughs> near the top. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you start getting excited about, okay, it's on its way. Mm -hmm. Easter vigil's coming. Baptism's around the corner. When did that really sink in? Something's going to happen. Um, I would probably say a couple of months prior. Okay. You know, because I started giving it a lot, a lot of thought. 
and I knew that, you know, things were moving pretty quickly. And, you know, and as we started drawing closer to Easter Visual, I mean, I just, I was getting more anxious, more excited. I started feeling more goosebumps. Um, it was just, I don't know what it is. It's just like, um, kind of like I got this overwhelming feeling without feeling overwhelmed. It was something I was so excited and ready uh, for. And that, you know, that I was anxious to get there. Were you, right. um, were you able to receive ashes on Ash Wednesday? Yes. Did that sort of, because that's the beginning of Lent, which is the, the run-up to right. Easter. Right. And there's all kinds of things that take place during Lent. Right. For people in the process, mm. um, was 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 that a did that hit you in any special way? The Ash Wednesday service. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was um, the first time I went through Lent, and, and it's just an appreciation to be able to go through these um, um, the different um, obligation days of obligation mm-hmm. and to um, experience that and to. Um, and the gratefulness of it that I had for it and the understanding um, previous to that of what I was going to go through. And, uh, you know, and it was, you know, and it's something to me, for me, I took to heart because um, I really, you know, um, you know, enjoyed my time. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's things for me, it just made me feel good inside when I was there doing it. One of the things that happens during uh, Lent for catechumens people who have not been baptized are called the scrutinies where we pray for you specially um, in your warfare with with temptation and with the devil to help guide you towards this time of Easter that is so uh, absolutely profound um, are you and, and then you also you're presented with the the our father the prayer the Lord taught us and the creed um, during, for those various occasions did it, did, it, did it have a, a sense of importance I mean did you really being obviously I'm on one side of the fence on this because you know I, I, I went through this in 2007 it's been, it's been a while um, but did you did you get a sense when like when the when we were praying for you all during the scrutinies, did you get a sense that you were being supported by the parish community? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think I've said this before. I don't know how many times I was in church and and just individuals, you know, um, in the church coming up to me and say, "Hey, you know, I'm really praying for you. You know, I'm really happy for you." And and that was nice to see oh, because yeah. it made you feel you know, um, accepted. It made you, um, know that people really do care about the process you're going through. And, um, and I, you know, there was many instances when I had that, when I was going through this process. And so, so I knew that it wasn't just a thing that people were just going through the motions. I knew there were people actually there who really cared about Mm -hmm. the process and, you know, even to come up to you and don't even know you to say, Hey, I'm praying for you. And then you know that you're doing a good job. One of the interesting things about the whole process is, on the one hand, it's individual. This is this is Mike going through his process. On the other hand, baptism, confirmation, participating in the Eucharist, you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of a community. You're part of a family. Um, 
And so it warms my heart to hear that people were reaching out to you because they could see this this person is going to be part of the family real soon, right. real soon. So um, one of the things that we like to do in our CIA is sort of prepare the experience by holding a retreat, mm-hmm. right? And usually it's, usually it's on the Saturday before the, the vigil. The vigil right. starts around 8 o'clock or so Saturday night right. on Holy Saturday. But before we get there, um, the thing called the Triduum begins with the washing of the feet and the, the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Thursday. Um, were, you, were you able to participate in that at all? Yes, I was. Were you one of the ones that got their feet washed? No, I did not. I think three other people raised their hands before I did. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't quick enough. I wasn't quick but enough. But you were there for that. I was there for that. And, and yes. so that really, that really starts the whole period of time, the Triduum, which is really just one giant event, right? Because then you go into Good Friday and then Holy Saturday and then Easter. Um, did you get the sense of, of sobriety and somberness about what was about to happen? Yeah, I think, and going back to the washing of feet, that was the same night too as the um, um, blessing of the catechumen oil and well, no, that's, that, that's, that, okay, that's so the Mass that, of the Holy Christmas. Okay, so Holy that Christ. was a week so, earlier. Okay, that was a week earlier. And you went so, to that also? Yeah, I went to that also. Oh, wow. And luckily, well, you know, sister saw me there and says, hey, perfect. You get to carry the oral of the catechumen. Oh, my gosh. And so um, so that was an honor and a treat for me to do. Oh, and yeah. I, and I kept thinking the whole way because I didn't realize how heavy it was. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big <laughs> bottle. And I'm going... Oh, shoot, I don't want to drop this. <laughs> that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be interesting? Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, I knew it was going to have some weight, but not as heavy as it was. And it was, yeah. It was pretty pretty heavy, but nothing that I couldn't handle, but, but I, just heavier than what I thought it was going to be. So. What a cool memory, though. Yeah. Because that, that's a pretty impressive liturgy. Yeah. That Mass of the, oil, of the uh, Blessing of the Holy Chrism. Yeah. Um, of the Holy Oils. I mean, there's more yeah. than one type of oil. There's three different oils. Yes. Um, well, that's cool. So that, in a way, even though it's not part of the Triduum, it still is part of the whole setup, mm-hmm. right? And so that very much was a beginning of that very last phase. Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to participate in the um, in the, the Good Friday service? But it's held at noon, so you may have been yeah, working. Yeah, no, I did not. That one I did not. You did not. I tried to make it, but I couldn't. That'll be a good one to yeah. get to at some point, um, carving out that time from work to mm. really attend that. Um, it's it's fairly intense. But um, but still, I mean, you knew what was going on. You knew what Good Friday was all about. You know, that we, at 3 o'clock, we remember the Lord's crucifixion and death. Mm-hmm. So then Saturday morning rolls around, mm-hmm. right, and it's it's retreat time. How did you feel about the retreat? Oh, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think I can stop pacing. I was so nervous. Really? I wouldn't call it nervous, just really anxious. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, pace because I knew, you know, that was going to be the day. And I, and I kind of, and as I, you know, said earlier, uh, you know, leading up to that, I was already anxious and nervous because my mind was just going everywhere, you know, before that and just had a lot of thoughts in it. And, you know, and and, um, and I know that some of the other catechumens noticed and kind of me standing up, and I really couldn't sit down that day. <laughs> I was so <laughs> because it was for me, it was you know, it was coming to a not the end of anything, but an accomplishment. 
And, and it's a big life event. Yeah. It's a huge life event. Yeah. But um, one of the things that, it, that, that catechumens do, and I don't remember, maybe candidates do too, for confirmation, is you pick a saint, a saint's name, because you've got some type of, of an affinity for that saint. So what saint did you choose? So um, my name was Michael David, mm -hmm. and so I picked Michael David, two saints, actually. And the reason why I did that um, is because um, when I was born, so before I was born, uh, my mom really didn't have a name for me. Um, hmm. um, and so the, the story goes when my mom was at, um, um, when she was in labor and went in labor, um, she wasn't prepared to give me a name. There was a, another uh, lady in labor in the same room. Um, I, you know, that um, my mom, you know, they befriended each other. And um, she says, well, won't you name him a biblical name, Michael David? And she goes, oh, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, name him Michael David after the biblical names. And, I, and so the other lady happened to be... Um, a Christian, mm -hmm. and that's what my mom named me, Amazing. Michael David. And so, um, um, and that's the reason why I went with my um, given name, mm -hmm. given names. So it would be St. Michael the Archangel, mm -hmm. and then David from the Old Testament? David, is there a St. David? St. David of, um, of um, Scottish or... I don't know. PM, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Um, I read up on him a little bit about uh -huh. him, um, um, but I need to read up a little a little bit more about him. Sure, sure. He's not a, a saint that's well known by everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So those they'll stay with you now the rest of your journey. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Was there a reason? So other than your name being Michael David. Mm -hmm. Was there any other affinities that you might have felt towards St. Michael or St. David? Yeah, because I've always been, for me, um, and it's been true that um, um, I'm kind of like the go-to person in my family. I've always hmm. been the protector. Mm -hmm. I've always been the, peop the person who has helped um, fam have family members, um, um, you know, help people out in general. Um, um, and I've always been like that. I've always been a person who has been very helpful. And when there's trouble or issues or something just going on, I'm the first one I've always been called. I've just been like that. For example, like I had a friend of mine, really good friend who I grew up with, with as a kid. And, you know, and, and he couldn't afford to go see his mom um, who had passed away. In Washington, hmm. he lived in Valero, where I grew up at, and you know he was very emotional. And, you know, and he was talking to me about it, and I says, "Hey, don't worry about it. I'm gonna pay for your plane ticket to go see your mom." You know, and so, um, and that's what I did without even <clears throat> thinking of it. Just no, not not at all. I mean, and and I've always been like that, and you know, it's something that I've always been very given, very helpful to people. Um, I think I have, you know. A compassion for people because um, I like to see people succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been the type of person where, you know, I, you know, I, I will congratulate and want people to succeed more than I will than than me. I, I always been the type of person where I put people first, mm. um, and I'll give you my last 
dollar to help you out if I need you. Wow. It's just something, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, I have an uncle who is, um, who has, suffers from epilepsy mm. and um, he's always been taken care of over the years and he would, the last person he was with was my mom and she couldn't take care of him anymore and she called me up and says, hey, can you take care of your uncle? I didn't hesitate. I said, absolutely. He's family. I said, you know, so he's, for the last, since 2018, he's been living with me and I, I bathe him, mm-hmm. I help him, you know, with his daily activities and um, so it's something that I've always done and just have in me wow that's awesome that's beautiful so we get through the get through the retreat and now it's a time of waiting right because the retreat's over around what noon one o'clock maybe but the visual doesn't start till eight (laughs) now you gotta wait what did you do during that time, were you able to relax? Were you, could you rest? I don't think relax, but I did a lot of reflection. Hmm. And I, re- <clears throat> you know, I kind of reflected on my journey hmm. to that process and the commitment that I had to to get to where I was um, and the accomplishment it took to do that. And it, you know, um, so for me, it was about a lot of reflection and a lot of a lot of thankfulness mm-hmm. um, um, in order to make it to where I was, to the, um, what was going to happen. Um, and, and just, you know, like I said, nervousness in general, but for me, that's a lot of reflection. So it's something that I couldn't go and relax and sleep or nothing. I was, <clears throat> I was just ready. You were I, ready. I was ready. The vigil begins outside, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, with a fire mm-hmm. that's blessed and the lighting of the Easter candle. So I'm curious about your impressions um, as you're, you know, you're standing there in the, in the plaza, um, watching all of this, knowing that you're about to head into the cathedral and the baptism is forthcoming. What was going through your mind? What were you feeling? Um, you know, at that time, it was just about, I knew something special was going to happen. And why is it taking so long? <laughs> but no, and, and for me, I've you know I always enjoy, um, I guess what you would call rituals or or, or what you would call um, you know the process mm-hmm. you need to go through to mm-hmm. become baptized. It's kind of like um, last um, Sunday when um, um, when we did Juneteenth in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I always always enjoy. Um, 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 watching how other cultures or how other um, how they uh, do things and, and for me going through this process was the same way that to, just to go through it and just to see it and just to experience it for me was um, just taking it all in and enjoying it Was there any point where the anxiety just sort of melted away and you were able to relax into what was happening? I think once once the process started happening, I think that's when the anxiety went away. You know, once um, Bishop Soto was uh, started the uh, the lighting outside, oh. I kind of think, you know, for me it was it was kind of um, that's kind of like when it started sinking and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. ready. 
So we all get our own little candle and yeah. we go inside. Um, it's quite impressive, actually, to see all that all that light. You know, Christ is the light of the world and all that. Mm -hmm. and, um, symbolizing light coming into the church, coming back after a holy Saturday of death. Light's coming back to the church, coming back to the world. Um, when they the baptism phase started and everybody... So you're seated in the front, front pew. Now you got to go to the back, right? Um, you know, there's no turning back at this yeah, point, right? Yeah. You know, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, what? I don't even know how to ask this question exactly because I know, you know, well, let's take it to the point where you're stepping into the baptismal pool, right? Um, what were you feeling? What were, what were your, did you have any thoughts at that time where you, your thoughts are just gone at that point or what was happening? Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, I, I know for a fact that I just had this, um, biggest smile on my face. Right. And, and I, you know, and other people had told me afterwards about, you know, that, that whole night, it was just like, they can just see me smiling. Like I had this glow about me and that. And, and I was, you know, I was just something I was ready for. And um, and so I had all these, you know, thoughts going through my mind about, you know, I'm finally here. I'm finally something, you know, this is, you know, um, I'm going through and that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm craving. Right. And, 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 you know, and I'm kind of like, you know, one of my thoughts, well, one of my thoughts was when they said that the uh, fountain water wasn't heated, so I'm going, how cold is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of took away, but... Uh, was it cold? No, because, uh, you know, fortunately someone heated up some water downstairs and, and poured it in poured there. It <laughs> there. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad. But, um, you know, the other thought I just had is like, what am I going to feel after the baptism? Mm. You know, what's going to overwhelm me? What's going to come? You know, because mm. that's kind of like... And I say that because it's kind of like um, um, Deacon Omar, he had given a class and and he was saying when he got, um, you know, um, you know um, I don't think they call it baptism to become a deacon. Uh, ordained. Ordained. Uh -huh. He just said he had this overwhelming experience. He can't explain that came over him when that happened. And, and so that kind of made me feel the same way. When I kind of went over there, I was just, oh, man, what's this? What's going to happen to what, me? You know, what's going to be this overwhelming, you know, feeling, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, but I was looking forward to it. Sure. Nothing that I was scared of. Or do you remember, like do you remember the bishop pouring the water on your head? And, or is everything sort of like a, a blur at that point? I, you know, I did during the first pour, then the second and third, second and third pour. I don't think it became a, became a blur. I just think it was like. You know, it's just like I felt cleansed, right? Mm. It's just like, you know, I felt, you know, relieved. It's like this big relief came over hmm. me is what I felt. And, and, and like in this big happiness. Oh, on praise my face. God. And so, um, yeah, and it, it was just like I, you know, like like all my troubles were washed away, right? Yeah. So is what I felt. It was, yeah, it felt really good. So, so now there's a mad rush to get you mm -hmm. downstairs, dried off, whatever. Mm -hmm to get ready for the next phase, which is confirmation. Mm -hmm. And they did something different this last year. I've not, we've not done it before. They did it, I think we did it right for the very first time. 
um, in the exchanging of the gray robe for the white robe. <clears throat> what was it? Do you remember what was what it was like receiving the white robe and the candle, the baptismal candle? Yeah, I mean it. It, it again, it just felt, you know, like um, it just felt new, hmm. you know, um, and clean and very good inside, and happy, you know. It was. Um, um, I didn't have a care in the world at that time. I would say. With confirmation, you get a. It's, the only time you really get a face to face with the bishop, you know, because when he's when he's baptizing you, you're you're down, and he's mm-hmm. above you, and but with confirmation, he's looking you right in the eye. Um, do you do you remember what that was like? Oh yeah, I mean it, it's um, especially, you know the, you know when he actually lays his hands on you. I mean it's um, it felt good, you know, it, you know. Um, you know, it was it was like, you know, for me, it was like I just had, you know, kind of like a, like a goosebumpy f- kind of feeling when he did it. You know, it just felt great being up there, and and to um, that, you know, um, you know, now becoming you know one with Christ and the church, and it just felt good. So after waiting for two years, the next phase is receiving communion, receiving the body of Christ. What was that like for the, to experience that for the very first time? Amazing. <laughs> because, um, you know, it's, because um, hearing sister talk about it, you know, and, and, you know, during the classes and about, you know, being overwhelmed, I mean, and, and it was, and, and I did a lot of reflection at that time too afterwards and uh, about what it meant to take the body of Christ and, and what it um, um, meant, you know, to to um, rejoice in it and to just appreciate it that you've made, you made this journey in order to, in order to have the right to do that. It's, it's one thing to read about it and to hear about it, it's a whole nother thing to actually do it. Right. Um, after receiving the body of Christ, I, you know, I don't know. I think there's things that happen to us that other people can see that we can't. Like you're right. saying, people were saying, you're, you know, you're, just, you're glowing. You've got a smile from ear to ear. Um, but did you, I don't know, was there, was there something ethereal or... Uh, a spiritual feeling or mystical or a change in yourself or just a a different way of looking at things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, um, oh yeah. I mean, I just, I just think, you know, that, you know, just having the chills run over my body just tells me that, you know, I, I, you know, I felt something I'd never felt before Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, 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 you know, and, looking and reflecting on, you know, how you live your life and how you um, change certain aspects of your life and, and you know, and, and, you know, the appreciation of just what you just went through. And one of the cool things is, is that even though God was, has been with you your, your whole life and you knew that and felt that, your relationship, your relationship with God now is different. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, so... 
the Easter season is over. There's a period of mystagogy. It's, it's the six weeks between, about six weeks between Easter and Pentecost. Um, and now your obligation to attend our CIA sessions is complete. Um, but your faith journey is in, in many, many ways just getting off the ground. Right. Right. Um, what's it, what's it been like now that you are, you're on your own, you know, get into mass. It's on you. You get to choose which one you go to the whole nine yards. Right. Right. So what's it like now to, to be Catholic and to practice your faith and to, yeah. um, exercise your yeah. baptismal priesthood? Yeah. I think you have to increase your prayer life. I think you have to um, involve yourself in the church and surround yourself with other um, um, like-minded people that want to be in the faith with you. Mm -hmm. And and those are the things that you know I'm trying to do because it's always in the back of my mind is that because you hear stories that people go through this process and they fall off. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I want to do. And I know that um, although I'm not, you know, I haven't, um, um, you know, and so the things that changed in my life since I've been going through this process is, you know, everyday life, you know, like I'd listen to music on the way to work or, mm -hmm. you know, I'd watch TV in the morning when I'm getting ready for work or whatever. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I listen to scripture now when I drive to work. Um, when I'm in the shower, I turn on scripture and I... You know, when I'm getting dressed for work, I have scripture on. Um, I turn on, when I'm going to the gym, I turn on, rather than listen to music, I turn on um, daily Bible readings. And there's there's Bible, Catholic, um, um, spiritual, um, how to keep your spiritual life, books that I listen to while I'm jogging on a treadmill now. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, and, and I find myself... Um, talking about the faith more and easier for me to talk about oh, the faith cool. with other people that you know things that I just never used to do before that sure. I do now and that I'm not it's not taboo to me anymore yeah. it's more of it just it just flows out you know and, and you know regardless of what people think you know or what they want to hear so it, it's yeah it's changed my life a lot and I know for me that in order to um you know, like I said, in order for you to make sure that you 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 stay within your Catholic faith is 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 surround your pop, people with like mind, and then also being involved in. And I know that I want to do something, mm -hmm. um, but I just don't know know yet, right? And I'm trying to still figure it out. Time will, like, time, time will tell. You know, and I'm and I kind of like, and I know that sister says, "Hey, you know, we need RCA people." I even thought about that. You know, yeah, sure. What can I do to come help out? You know, because it's it's it. You know, because I, I do want to be involved, and I do want to be um, 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 do the things that I need to do to um, um, continue my Catholic faith and to continue mm -hmm. to grow in it. Because it's um, it, it's a, it's it's a journey every day. You know, regardless how long you've been in, regardless how faithful you are, or yeah. non-faithful to me, to the, it's a journey every day that every I can day. see now. And, every day. And, and, you know, so, and now that I've been to the RCA process, I see the appreciation and what I was missing out on from before. There's a, you know, for my, in my journey, I mean, I'm the same way with, you know, when I finished my RCIA process, my first thought was I want to give back. Yeah. I have received so much. Yeah. I want to give back. And so I did the catechist training and I started with RCIA. Uh, I think I became a catechist probably in 
2008, mm-hmm. and I took a year off for like a sabbatical. Um, but I've been involved ever since. Um, but there's a lot of things. A lot of, for me anyway. People will come to would come to me and say, hey, "I think you might be good at this, or you mm-hmm. might be good at that." And I and it's sort of an organic development, you know. And then God will put something in your heart to to be a mm-hmm. part of something. And it, you know, it, it takes time. And um, I mean, even now, it hasn't been that long since Easter. You're still, mm-hmm. you know, getting into your groove, your Catholic groove. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, so that'll all come in time. But the 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 heart of the servant, God loves and will reward with something. He'll give you something to do. Right. He'll give you something to do. There's lots to do. Right. <laughs> um, you know. But I was thinking as you were talking about. Just the, the, the change, right? There's a scripture that says, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, and, that's the, and it, it's one of the hardest things, I think, as a catechist to explain to people pre-Easter Vigil what it's going to be like post-Easter mm-hmm. Vigil. It's impossible to explain, but there's an absolute change. Um, and it's just it's a it's a glory when it's as pronounced as what you've been able to share, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's um, for the you know there are people who were baptized Catholic that don't remember their baptism and that that whole bit and those of us who did go through RCA it's been a few years and so some of it maybe has worn off and it's always refreshing to be a part of someone's faith journey as they're processing through that phase. Um, becoming Catholic Christians. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Is there anything um, that you'd like to add that you might have thought about that we didn't cover? Um, No, not. I mean, just, you know, I'm, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm always um, being more involved in in Mm -hmm. the faith and to do more. Catholic faith. Which mass do you normally attend? You know, since since baptism, I've I've attended um, um, a couple of the eight eight a.m.s, the ten a.m.s. I've come to the four Mm -hmm. p.m. the Spanish mass. I've also attended the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe on uh, Spanish masses. Right on. A few times, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been interesting seeing the difference between the Spanish masses. And the English mass. They're, they're different. And they're, they're a little bit different, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they pretty much um, um, follow each other, but then they have the little differences. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's been interesting and to see how different um, um, different cultures do their masses, mm-hmm. um, I guess I would say. Um, and so I find that interesting. But I, I like that because I like, because like I said earlier, I like to see how um, other cultures kind of like implement sure is there is there a particular mass that you feel more called to um i mean if you on any given sunday where would we expect where would you expect us to find you the 10 a.m mass at the 10 a.m mass at the cathedral (laughs) yes absolutely yeah because that's something that people have mentioned it's like well i don't i don't i've never seen who is this person what mass? What which mass do they attended? As a as a catechumen, you were obligated to attend the eight a.m. Yeah. Right. And so if you didn't go to the eight a.m., they'd never meet you. Yeah. Um. So, so um. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Ten a.m. mass. Okay. Well. 
thanks again mm -hmm. for this time yeah. um, on this uh, Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. We're meeting in the conference room at the rectory instead of the dining room, which yeah. is uh, a first, yeah. I think, for us. And, Thank, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. So let's go ahead and get, say our closing prayer with the Our Father. Okay. And um, and go our merry way in our evenings. All right. Okay. So in the name of the Father, Father the Son, and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again. Have a blessed evening, and I'm sure I'll bump into you on, on Sunday. Thanks, Chris. Okay, bye-bye. Let's Talk Parish is co-produced by Rex Berlanka, Titi Kila, and Chris Jensen. Our theme music is Live and Be Happy by Valentina Tribanova. You can listen to Let's Talk Parish by going to the cathedral website at cathedralsacramento.org or by searching on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you find us, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. A special thanks goes to the rector of the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, Father Michael O'Reilly. If you wish to donate to the cathedral, please visit our website at cathedralsacramento.org. There you will find a button labeled Donate. I'm Chris Jensen, and I have had the pleasure of being your host for this episode. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again, may God be with us all.